I think any comedian who goes against another comedian for making a joke, fucking shame on you. I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. I sure don't want to hurt no one. And we're back on I'm Sorry Dad podcast. Yep. The only podcast where there's three guys... And we're all just having a good time. Is that the yep. only one? <laughs> no, yeah. there's so many. There's so many where there's three guys. <laughs> and we're all just having a good... Well, we, might, they might not be having a good time. We're having a good time. It's true. Well, so, I mean, you know. Uh, I have a bit of a cold, energy a little bit low. But you know what I noticed on our last, our last episode where I was tired? Mm. I liked myself more listening back. Oh, yeah? I was like, hey, you're not like super annoying, right? Yeah, you're less, pleasant sounding. Less cringe, <laughs> less uh, less moments where you put yourself out there. You should try and get sick more often. Less effort yeah. into uh, trying to like be high in energy. I was just being real, you know. Yeah, you should. Oh, God. Yeah. So last oh, night God. I started getting a sore throat. Yeah, you're not a high energy guy. You don't think so? No. In real life, well, do you think so? I try to be like when I'm entertaining people. Yeah, even then, you, yeah, I wouldn't call you high energy. Yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say that you're not like you, you're a beat. But not high energy. Okay, you know not, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's probably best that you like embrace your lower energy spaces, your sh- your lower chakras. Okay, cool. Um, what was I gonna say? Hey, uh, movie club was fun, huh? We'll we'll do that a little bit later, guys. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> movie club. <laughs> <laughs> no one started started a new segment. Yeah, I was here. Right? Oh no. yeah, you oh were. yeah, you were for the first yeah. one. Yeah, I produced these podcasts. Yeah, we re-recorded. I always wonder why you're here. <laughs> It's always, it's always gotten away from me. I'm going to delete that part of that episode, though. Cool. We redid it. Respect. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first movie club we ever did was the in last here. episode. No. No. It, and then you redid it. Yeah. Well, technically, So technically, yes. the first one I was here for. Yeah. It was good. You guys obviously trashed it for no real good reason. Did a new one. It's probably worse. It's we, probably more canned. Here's what happened, actually. We can be open about this. You know the episode where uh, we were, it was just us three, and we were rating our own looks? Yeah. We decided to not post it because some of it came off very misogynistic. It did. Oh. And we were rating not celebrities. Not on my, I didn't. No, on all of us. Especially on your end. Oh, actually. for real? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You were an ageist, big time. Yeah, you're just ageist. Oh, yeah, age, age, if you're old, you're the worst Ladies and men, here yeah. we go again. Every year, every year you are worse. You're less uh, valuable. <laughs> oh man! No, I just pictured a young woman listening, and we're rating uh, like the most beautiful women on earth. Yeah, and I'm like, eh, she's a seven. Well, take into account we are also rating men. Yes, we, we were rating men, dude. But yeah, still, I it's know, but... rating men. Let's make that a segment. <laughs> and Only just guys. stick to men. That would have been better, right? Man, I wish you would just wouldn't talk on this podcast. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it, man. You're the one that says, "Hey, feel free to talk." So <laughs> I'm always like, "I don't have to," and you're like, "Okay." No, I'm just busting your balls. I wonder what people think about you. They probably like you. I haven't gotten any comments about you. That means that they probably don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, I'm well, they sure call that... you all the time. I mean, ever since you gave out your number. I know. I wish I answered. I didn't. I didn't operate with that experiment as fun as I could have. I could have yeah. answered calls. Yeah, but I didn't. And nobody hey. left a message, so, you know, fuck off. Hey, Otherwise, wait, wait. I'd have come back and... People listening, let me know, or, yeah, Brandon doesn't look at his DMs or anything. Let me know what you think about Nolan. Give be, us the reviews. And be honest, like... Be real. Do you want him to talk less? I don't think it's possible for him to talk more. <sighs> burn. Wow. Fucking burn. 
Uh, but anyways, yeah, let me know what you think about Lo- uh, Logan. Logan. I <laughs> sit back so quietly and so respectfully, and sometimes you guys are really drowning, mm-hmm. and I see it, and I say, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's best that they learn how to swim. And uh, oh, okay. You know what wow. I mean? Thanks, Dad. We're going to change the, uh, <laughs> the name of this podcast to I'm Sorry Audience about <laughs> Nola. <laughs> I actually have a podcast I want to promote on here. Do you really? Yeah, it's LA Guys Podcast with me, my buddy Spencer, and Dex Carvey, son of Dana. Uh, It's a name you've heard. Dana Carvey. And now you care more Uh because you've heard of that person. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. jump on in. It's a fun riff sesh. You know, I'm a a guy you're going to want to listen to. Cool. Yeah. But I'm going to shut up now. Uh, As I was saying. Indefinitely? Is it? Yep. You are. There we go. Oh, good. You can talk, but. Yeah, talk about this episode. Even your eyes are talking without you even saying anything. You know what I mean? Like your talk. eyes are just yelling nonsense. We'll get, we'll know what the people want after they DM me or just tweet me publicly on Twitter or you can DM me on Instagram. I'm Rydune. Let me know what you think about Nolan. My and PayPal is Comedy at. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My Venmo is. <laughs> <laughs> My Venmo is at Ryan Muldoon, M-U-L-D-O-O-N. Uh, that'd be great. Thank you so much. No, um, we were just kidding. You I were a good g- addition to the podcast. We abandoned what we were saying about misogyny. I, I About the, our, an episode that was deleted, I pictured a young woman being like, wait, that celebrity's an eight? What am I? And it made me start thinking, like, we're making people feel bad. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I listened to it, too, and I was like, damn, we, we sound like weird. Assholes. We sound like assholes. And I... And, as a joke, sorry, I'm interrupting. That's As right. a joke with you guys, I was acting like a huge asshole. Yeah. And it was funny in the room. Then I listened back and I was like, wow, yeah. I'm really coming off like a fucking dick. Nolan? Nolan? Yes? I just... <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody actually like hit you guys? Oh, you didn't put it we out. Didn't, we no. didn't post it because we were just like... I think you guys are being a little too careful. No, well, we're, we're not. scared. Do people scared. hit you guys up and tell you, hey, this offended me? Do you get those no, types of no, comments? Never. No, but... What if, what if I? It was it was a personal thing for both of us. We were yeah. like, we don't we don't want to risk people feeling bad about themselves because we're rating. Yeah, well, you guys people. have a higher profile. I, I'd like to think that I don't care, but maybe I can't speak to it. You know what I mean? You guys are more. I guess you're more in a position to lose something. Well, <laughs> like like if I, I mean, not we, really. I mean, it's like I think I I genuinely was like we should we just should not post this because it's just that. It just comes off like douchey. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you don't think it came across like we were joking? Yes, but also even in our jokes. I know we have a lot of young people listening like college age. Yeah. And a lot of women, chicas. a lot of chicas. Can I say that? Chicas? Oh, <laughs> What's what is I've never what is chicas? You really a Latino you, term. This is the what can't you say on this podcast podcast. See, this is why I don't we don't want you talking. Yeah, because right, you well, just say just, stuff like you that. You just baited me into being racist. <laughs> <laughs> chica's a beautiful uh, phrase for a Latina lady. Hmm. A chica. It is. Oh, God. Do you just use the accent? Yeah. Wow. Now you're canceled. Now we have to get you oh, off no. the podcast. Oh, no. Sorry, dog. All right. That's how it Bye, works. Bye, guys. Anyways, <laughs> anyways that's, uh, we're, we're trying to learn here on a Sorry Dad podcast. <clears throat> And we have been, or mostly me, I've been uh, very misogynistic as a joke, just saying the term broad as a practice of freedom of speech, kind of. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, if it's making people feel bad, nah, that's not what I want to do. But I don't think we've seen anybody, we haven't heard anybody say they feel bad. I mean, I guess, no. I guess you can't. No, we haven't. On you our can't f- tell. On our first episode ever, we had one straight white male tweet me saying very sarcastically, wow, what a great podcast. It's vulgar, misogynistic, yada, yada, yada. That was the only time I noticed anyone saying anything about uh, misogyny. And that yeah. was our first episode. <clears throat> when we had like three billion people listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we had the whole uh population of Wyoming listening to us. Yeah, there's three billion people yeah, in Wyoming. <laughs> there are there's three billion people in Wyoming. <laughs> but anyways, that's our story. I'm we just out here trying to grow, son. And the whole Shane Gillis thing does have me a little bit uh worried because what happens if I become successful? Just don't say <laughs> don't say a slur on a podcast. Well, also he's better you know off I mean? for it. He's what? No, His he's not. Is, no, he's not. I think he'll get way more opportunities post getting kicked off SNL. I don't think. Shit. I don't think so. I, I don't think, think he will. SNL is kind of the top tier. I mean, not I'm not saying I'm not saying he won't get opportunities. I just don't know if it'll be like like mainstream. High profile like SNL or like an NBC another NBC show. I agree with what you're saying, but I don't think he should have been fired for attempting to get laughter, whether it resulted in laughter or not. Yeah, I don't think you should you should use racial slurs, but I do know he was joking. It wasn't in a joke form, set up punchline. Yeah, but it was on. He was recording himself on his own comedy podcast. He's a comedian. If he genuinely wanted to spew hate speech, he wouldn't have posted it. He he was joking. And he got fired from a comedy show for making comedy, whether it's perceived as comedy or not. But you have to... He got fired because of the pressure uh, to fire him. But I also feel like you have to have some sort of like... He made a mistake. You have to, to, when you're about to post something like that... And by the way, this, this was not like... 10 years ago. This was like the last year. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you have to have some sort of like aware, like self-awareness that like, oh, listening to that, I probably shouldn't post that. Yes, I like, agree. you have to have that. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, how old is he? 35? 31. 31. Come on, dude. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you have to yeah. have that. And I'm not saying like, it, all the whole thing's terrible, but I'm just also saying like, dude, come on. Right. Yeah, it's like, like come sense. on, it's like com- Yeah, it's common just, sense. Have some in common just sense, business sense. Obviously, don't post that. Especially if you're trying to get on <laughs> SNL. Like he's he, like he. You don't just like get on SNL. Like you have to work to get on SNL. You have to really like put a lot of they, like th- that. You have to send in tapes and that they deny, and then you keep doing it, and then you I keep think, building your career, and then eventually, like everyone's big thing, or at least a lot of comedians, I would imagine, is getting on SNL. Yeah, or he, he, he used to be more so in the past, but um, they wanted him because they want they want a new cast member to appeal to uh, Trump supporters, which is hilarious. And Republicans, wait, are you being serious? Yeah, no, that's that's totally why true. they said it, and then he's and then it came out that he said a racial slur, which is like perfect. That's right on brand. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. So <laughs> yeah, they wanted. So they straight up go, we want somebody to appeal to Trump supporters <laughs> yeah. on SNL. That, I mean, the, that's kind of right. weird. And they, oh, the right. They're okay. so hardcore. The right. Yeah. Not like specifically the, Trump supporters, but just like conservatives and Republicans. Yeah. Oh, because they all their comedy is very like PC and yeah. yeah, like very super left. Okay, but like... And then they got it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they got it. Uh, 
I don't know. That's that seems like an odd. So I don't know, especially because they're so like Isn't that weird. They're so left, yeah, super left. So they probably went to see him do stand up a few times, and then they probably had him go. I know they had him go in for a live audition <clears throat> in front of the producers. Mm-hmm. I don't think he sent in tapes. Maybe he did, mm. but they probably just had scouts go see him live. He looks like a dude from the south. Uh, I think he is a Republican. I watched some of his stand-up, and it yeah. was about uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. And one of his setups made it sound like he voted for Trump. He's like, don't worry. I didn't vote for him. But, and then he said something else that I forget. Yeah. He's funny. He's no, I'm not saying he's not. Like, I watched his yeah. stand-up. Like, his stand-up, I forgot. It was a 30-minute set or something. And I watched it. It's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just but like, I, I, I just I yeah. just do not understand the rationale behind what he did at yeah. all. I yeah. will never understand it. Thankfully for us. I don't think he was thinking. But yeah. that's the thing. You have to think. Right. Think a little. Like, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, you have to. If I may. If I may. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you may. All right. Patrice O'Neill said it great about, because Patrice was kind of a classic, amazing comedian, respected mm-hmm. within the comedy community. One of the funniest guys of all time. Couldn't get a break in the business because he was... The type of guy that would release that podcast. He was mm-hmm. the type of guy that lived his life r- metaphorically releasing that podcast, mm-hmm. always doing something on the edge of what was acceptable and sellable. Mm-hmm. And he said before he died, he quotes like, if I could, like, one thing I wish I did differently is I wish I played the game more. I wish I didn't release that yeah, podcast yeah. more often. Yeah. Like, he, when you're the type of person that likes to push the edge like that, in the beginning, you're kind of punk rock and you love to sure, be Sure, yeah. But then you start to see things really not work out for you. And you a little bit of that youthful ambition and pride you start starts to, get, to fade. Yeah, dashed away. And you become like, oh, maybe I could have given up a couple of these, of these yeah. moments. Yeah. And I'd have a lot. I'd, ha- I'd have a lot more opportunity. Uh-huh. So I yeah. think that's kind of what you're saying a little bit. Um, I, think he, I think he's better off without it. And I heard Joe Rogan talk about it, too. He he thinks he <clears throat> Shane Gillis is better off without it because SNL can hold you back. Like the contract I've heard is like pretty outrageous. Yeah, like you can't do anything else for like I don't know maybe up to five years after the show too. I just met a guy at a at a house show this Saturday. Uh, just a frat. It, it wasn't a frat, but it felt like a frat party with a stand up mm-hmm. show, and it was a dude who was on SNL for a year. I didn't know it. I think a lot of the audience didn't know it. Yeah. So you can come and go on SNL. Most people do come and go on SNL and don't really even have a career afterwards. Mm. Granted, it's still one of my dreams. Um, I would love to be on it. I'm going to send in a tape next year. Um, mm. Maybe so just hopefully there's, they want another straight white male with... Uh, mm. Well, now's your chance but, to start to appeal to the conservative audience, man. I mean... One thing that... <laughs> it's not going to happen... <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I thought that was so, like, I guess ironic is that they, the big news was that they finally hired a um, an Asian American cast member. Yeah, first first ever. Have you seen him? Uh, no, I, I haven't. I saw I'd... one sketch. It wasn't very funny, but it could have been the writers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Probably. Oh, because SNL just started, didn't it? Yeah, the season just yeah, started. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was so funny was that they hired him. And then the focus was not on him. The focus was on Shane. About, <laughs> about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody, like the I don't. guys stole the news. Yeah. Like what's the, like I, I don't know the guy's name. I don't know the guy that they hired, the Asian Andrew American. Yang? What's his name? No, that's like a f- politician, isn't it? Oh yeah. Andrew Yang. <laughs> yeah. I have something to say about Andrew Yang though. I, Bowen Yang. Is that the guy's name? Is that his last name? Am I being racist? Yeah. 
It's Bowen. Dude, it's over. Campbell. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that like, it, I just found it so uh, weird that everybody was talking about Shane on like Twitter, but nobody was talking yeah. about that. Nobody was even saying that guy's name, and barely anyone ever mentioned the female cast member that was hired. To. No. So all just focused on him. And uh, presidential candidate Andrew Yang, Democrat. Bowen Yang, you're right. Bowen Yang. Okay. About that He's a new member. cast member. Yeah. Andrew Yang, presidential candidate, uh, publicly tweeted, forgiving Shane Gillis. I don't think he said the words, I forgive him. But Andrew Yang said, I invite Shane Gillis to come on and come on, I don't know, just to, to have a conversation with me and I can tell him why these terms are offensive and then uh seth simons the dude who released the journalist quote-unquote who released the article about who released the clip of shane gillis yeah. quoted andrew yang in asian american pretty much saying no you should be more offended <laughs> wow he didn't say those words but he he quoted it saying like did you see the whole clip so it's like a white a straight white dude god dude telling an Asian American, no. What to feel? Yeah, it's like what no, you feel? you should be more hurt. Yeah, which I think is fucking. It's it's offensive, I guess. I am not a fan of this Seth Simons guy. I've tweeted at him not hatefully at all, just being like, "Hey, man, you're uh, being detrimental to art. Like, uh, you're making young comedians be afraid to experiment with stuff." Yeah, Shane Gillis made a mistake. Yeah, and now he's fired from SNL. Yeah. I'm a young comedian. What happens if I make a mistake? Not <laughs> it's just going to make art worse. If <clears throat> if artists are f- afraid to make mistakes. So a comedian got fired from his job for saying something hurtful. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Donald Trump oh yeah, keeps his job after saying multiple hurtful things. Yeah. It's just so stupid how we're so uh judgmental toward comedians. And uh, politicians and stuff. Like, yeah, they'll just keep their jobs. You think it's like fighting the wrong fight? Yeah, but I think that journalists nowadays, the only way they can pay rent is by joining this, the woke culture. And those are the articles that are selling. So Seth Simons, he might not even believe in his words that he's writing. Yeah. He might just be like, I need to pay rent. And this is what sells, being woke. Yeah. And now comedians are speaking out in favor of... Censoring comedy because of that gets the clicks. Well, it's also it's also fear too. It's a genuine. It's, okay. it's a fear. I think. Dude, it's all such bullshit. Comedians are the the people that will say the things that all that you can't say. Like in terms of targets, they're the easiest. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is they're literally on doing. Huh, they're saying offensive things on purpose all the time. Sure, they're, they're some of the only people on the planet that it's actually part of their entire motif their their artistic expression or whatever they're even their marketing their brand is to be like everybody else is like quiet the rest of america they're not on on the internet trying to push the envelope like also the rest of america doesn't care that much this battle is just from the people that can put it on blast to get clicks and then the ones that are easy to find which are the people that are putting themselves out there all the time Mm -hmm. saying things on the edge of what you can say it's all bull it really is bullshit like it nobody can Nobody Dude, cares. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Most of the world does not give they don't. a fuck about And the yeah, ones that yeah. do are, are are part of the game, part of part of that mm-hmm. system of catching people and trying to be on the right side. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not endorsing uh this whole mob 
mentality thing that yeah. is I'm not endorsing that. I'm just saying that like this these are the things that happened and you can grow from it. You yeah. can. I yeah, mean, yeah. he didn't kill anybody. For sure. You know. He's, right. he's, he's, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think unless somebody kills. was reading the tweet about how he said the slur and they got hit by a car because they weren't paying attention, yeah. then he could have killed it then, then, I guess. I think any comedian, I think any comedian who goes against another comedian for making a joke, fucking shame on you. Uh, I think maybe they are just doing it because they feel like they have to and they're doing it for their own career. Like, like I need at least one tweet where I'm saying this one thing. Right. So in case my my clip comes out down the road, I can reference this tweet. Mm-hmm. I get that, but uh, fuck you for going against another comedian, and I stand by that. Fuck you, comedian who are, who might be doing that. I don't know who's doing it. Dude. They're listening. They're listening to this, dude. And then some comedians are pure evil, like Bill Cosby, and nobody is coming to that guy's aid. It, there's mm-hmm. just a big difference between these different. What do you mean? No one's coming to his, to his aid. Like nobody, anybody who's saying like, "Hey, Bill Cosby's a piece of shit," we're all like, "Yeah, that's good." Like, it's not necessarily the group of comedians are all sticking together. It's like there is right and wrong in these instances. Yeah. And we, I'm with you. Like, don't call, don't put on blast another comic who's just trying to be funny and whatever. Yeah. Um, but and then at the same time, we'll all put on blast a true fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, Carlos Mencia was a comedian. You, when somebody's an actual piece of shit in real human life. Put him on blast all day. You've yeah, crossed yeah. the line out of comedian into being something yeah. else. And then a, a clip of George Car- Carlin came out that the woke culture uh, used to oh, be yeah, like, comedians shouldn't ever say offensive things. Yeah. But George Carlin, in the clip, the first thing he said was, I will fight, f- defend to the death Andrew Dice Clay's right to say anything he wants. And then at the, the last line of the clip was, I think he's doing it as... A comedian, meaning like as a character. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going with this. Yeah. It's just people are trying to use Carlin. Both sides see, are trying to use Carlin. To be like, look, see. <laughs> it's so weird. See, even Carlin's saying you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I saw one tweet from a non-comedian saying, if you have jokes, if you have racist jokes, you're a comedian. If you have misogynist, I mean, if you have racist <laughs> jokes, you're a racist. If you have misogynistic jokes, you're a misogynist. Mm. And I want to be like, you're not a comedian. Yeah. I have misogynistic jokes, <laughs> and I'm a misogynist, and I'm working on my misogyny. I have I don't yeah. really have racist jokes, to be honest. But you you can say a joke, yeah, with no meaning behind it. It doesn't mean you're the sub. You're what you're saying. Yeah, I just yeah. hate how why but, why so are you, comedians you consider, being held to such high standards? Do you consider it the same as like like a writer say like like somebody who's writing a movie? who's using characters who do do awful things and do say awful things, how they, like, you're like, oh, how can this writer I yeah get, a, get away with it? Why is Law & Order SVU, a show that's all about sex crimes, mm. that's totally fine. People love it. They're like, yes! I think it's because they're not making light of it. The uh. show is like, this is bad, and they will be punished. Uh. Mm-hmm. But people watching it are like, ooh, yay, I love these stories. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there's that, but I think that there is a... Personally, I think there's a disconnect between like what's fiction and what's a guy on stage saying stuff, because a lot of people can't tell the difference between those two. Like the average, I mean, like people actually no. I think that the average person can, but I, I just think now it's all becoming so muddled. It, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's all like like it's all becoming so like oh a guy going on stage talking, that's what he thinks. 
That's ex- ex- that, exactly that what difference. he thinks. Yeah. That is the difference. Yeah. Also, again, most people don't care. Yeah. yeah. I know. But most, most people, people don't in give the a audience fuck. aren't analyzing what that guy's actual opinions are. Right. They're, if they're offended, they're offended because they're afraid you can't say that. No Not reason. for themselves. They're just being like, when you feel that tension in the room, it's tension for other... Is there anybody here that might be offended? Yeah. It's that awkward tension when... You know, you have that friend that's a little bit of a loud mouth and you're like in a social group and they start saying shit that's a little over the line and you mm-hmm. start feeling weird. Yeah. You don't, you're not actually offended. You like this guy. You know where he's coming from. But you're worried yeah. about the squad or somebody else being like, this guy's a shithead. That's where a lot of that weird energy is coming from, even in the audience. Mm-hmm. It's just be like, everybody like, oh, there's 200 people here. There might be like six people that are really offended by this. And then also, real dude, Andrew Schultz is one of the more offensive guys on the planet right now. The, here's the deal. I think that there's a lot of merit in just choosing to be the type of guy that says, I am going to say this type of stuff and I am joking, whatever. And then you have to make that decision. Gillis, for instance, he has to be the guy that's be like, look, I say that stuff. I'm totally joking. If you don't like it, don't be any, in any way associated with what I'm into. And those guys, if they, that's up to you to decide as an artist what route you want to go. But if you do go that route, fucking, if you're funny, it tends to work out very well for you. Andrew Schultz yeah. is showing it. Bill Burr, Joe Rogan, Andrew Santino. They're all in that lane. Mm-hmm. You see Santino on stage? Mm-hmm. I mean, come to the improv sometimes. He's, dude, that guy will go nuts mm-hmm. on very sincere, joking opinions. But opinions, like, I'm coming from a real place. Mm-hmm. All the way in, like, I, in terms of offending. And he's I doing just, great. I just performed at the improv last night. A couple podcast fans came out. Um, cool. It was one of the darker, darkest, I think it was the darkest set I've ever done. I talked about uh, my mom trying to kill herself, me walking in on her. Uh, I said the R word, Mm. which you can't say right now. Mm. Everything, big laughs. And I think I made some people in the audience uncomfortable, but so be it. Mm. I kind of like making people uncomfortable. And they say that the job of art is to uh, disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. I'm disturbed, so when I talk about uh, shit I've been through, which is super fucking dark... Mm. I like to laugh at it. And uh, there was a comedian before me, uh, Brittany Schmidt. Her mom killed herself. And uh, she talked about She joked about it on stage. I thought it was hilarious. Hmm. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I love you. I kind of, like, fell in love with her a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bond over our trauma. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know. But if if my set was released to Twitter... Thankfully, at the improv, they lock up your phone. You can't use your phones. You can't be recorded. If my set from last night was released to Twitter, mm. um, and I had and I had just sold a show to Netflix, maybe Netflix would keep it, but I would be canceled. I said some awful things last night. Mm. But what's more important to you, the ability to say that or having a Netflix show? Because uh, I'll bet if you got the Netflix show for two seasons, it would be you'd go back to realizing it's more important that you can. Be authentic. Yeah, you, you want, yeah. we want these dreams, and let's say if you got them, then you'd realize you actually want to just be yourself and stuff. I felt genuine happiness and relief after my set last night. I was like, man, I, because uh, I felt I was being authentic. Yeah, yeah man. And I got laughs uh, off of jokes I've been trying for a while and what? like struggling with because it's so fucked up. The topic's yeah. so fucked up that it's tough to make, get funny. Yeah. But like uh, it worked last night and I felt happiness. So it's like, I guess, the question is like risk mixed with authenticity versus paycheck. That's literally the whole conversation. That's yeah, the whole conversation. That's that's what I, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I become huge fans of artists is when 
is when they do stuff that alienates a lot of a big group of people. But I connect with that one little small lane that they're going down. I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. I am one of you. When I saw uh, Doug Stanhope in Boston, about a year before I started doing stand-up, he talked about his mom killing himself. And that's when I was like locked in. I was like, I'm a Stanhope fan. Because my mom has tried to kill herself. Mm -hmm. But most of the world, their moms haven't tried to kill themselves. So it might alienate a big group, but it'll produce hardcore fans. So, Yeah, I don't know. And the longer whole, range, longer range connection to your own expression, and a longer range relationship with the people that'll care. If you did a Netflix thing and it's not you, it's going to be hot. It's going to give you notoriety. Here's what I think could be the slickest, most mature way: is go get that shit, play safe, get your whatever your um your money, your recognition, all that thing, all those things that we think we need on the way up, and then go then go fuck off and go real. That's, that's what Carlin did. That's what John Mayer exactly. did. Carl, Carl, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was so, like playing late night shows and like doing all like playing the game. Yeah, playing the game, and, and then he was like, "This isn't me." Well, isn't Carlin me. also just matured and got older too. Yeah, who do you really know if that he really that was his strategy? Well, no, his strategy he wanted to be like one of those comedians. He wanted there was a comedian he was like kind of trying to emulate, uh, where he wanted to be the guy that performed and got specials and got a show, and he wanted all those things. And then he said, "This isn't me." Like I'm like a re- I'm like a rebellious person. So maybe he, inherently he yeah. understood that about himself, and he's like, okay, well I'm gonna just say fuck all this and just talk about whatever I want to talk about, which was like the establishment and yeah. all this stuff, and that's who he was appealing to in the beginning was the establishment, and then as he went along, he was like, fuck that, I never liked them. So maybe that was just his own revelation and not a strategy. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's yeah. no. Oh, you're saying it's like a predetermined like. Stra- no, I'm he, saying it could be. It can yeah yeah. Could be. I always, I don't, that's a weird strategy. It's a it is, smart, but, if you, it's, but it's, smart. it's a smart strategy. If but you it's, were yeah. just young right now and you're a comic, I don't know, that, that maturity of thinking a 20 year timeline yeah. and le- being less impulsive, which is hard for comics, where mm-hmm. that, that tends to be a trait, you're impulsive. So, but if you're like going into it, being like, yeah, man, I'll play the game for my 20s yeah. and, then and then fuck off in my 30s. 40s or, yeah, 30s or something. Yeah, or 40s. Uh, one depiction of, all right, let's start movie club. One depiction of what? One depiction of um, sexual molestation, which I did not enjoy, was in the movie <laughs> The Devil's Rejects. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so for this for this uh, movie club, this week I asked Rye to watch The Devil's Rejects. Yeah. And what did you think of The Devil's Rejects? The Devil's Rejects is uh, directed, written and directed by Rob Zombie. Yep. who is a musician, uh, like a new metal musician uh, from the '90s, early 2000s, uh, and got then, that, he, then he made a movies. He's got that song. The only one I know of his: "More Human Than Human, More Human Than Human." The only one I know is "Air to the Ditches and Burn to the Witches and Slayer in the Back of My Dragula." That one. Okay, that yeah. rings a bell. Uh, before I go into Devil Rejects, I asked Brandon, oh, wait, we, we said it in the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, Moneyball. So we'll talk about Moneyball in a minute, little bit. Yeah. The Devil's Rejects. Um, I didn't like it. Well, what's it about? It's a little, <laughs> it's, it's very simple. It's like. It's about, um, this family of, I guess, just really terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> They're known as the Devil's Rejects. They... They kidnap, rape, and murder typically women. 
Probably both sexes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's their story. And then the other people in the movie are the sheriff and people trying to kill the devil's rejects. Yeah. And uh, the opening scene, the sheriff department, the police attack the devil's rejects home. They're like, we're going to kill them. And then they kill, they kill one reject, imprison another. Then the other rejects go on the run. Then the rest mm-hmm. of the movie is the police trying to catch the rejects who are on the run. Yeah. Um, and I did not like this movie at all. Why didn't you like it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no good guys at all. Uh-huh. No one to root for. <clears throat> the acting was bad, but not bad enough to enjoy it like my beloved Terrifier. You didn't bring up that the Terrifier had awful acting. No, I well, I thought that was a given, dude. I forgot. Dude, Terrifier is terrible acting. Really bad. Yeah, Terrifier. I forgot. I I watched I rewatched part of it and I was like, "Oh, shit." Except for the lead, <laughs> the lead, quote unquote. Yeah, the lead girl. She was good, I she guess. She was good. But everybody else was so bad. Like laughable bad. Yeah. Which is I which I forgot. That's one big reason why I liked it so much. Okay. So now I'm embarrassed that I stood behind Terrifier. You, you gave that movie a 7 out of 10. I dude. still do. Holy fuck. But now people who who are just listening to that episode might yeah. think like I thought that was good acting. Sure. But I no, I no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stand behind that. <laughs> no. Okay, but with the Devil's Rejects you just like I don't. It was bad acting, but not bad enough to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Way too many F bombs. Bad writing. Sorry, Rob Zombie, but terrible writing. Just overdoing f bombs. Mm. To like in in comedy, like if you say too many fucks, it loses its power. Yeah. So every, especially the rejects, every reject is like, "Fuck you, motherfucker! Mm-hmm. Fuck this shit! Cocksucker, motherfucker, bitch!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laughed a few times. Yeah. Uh, when I was supposed to. Yeah. Uh, the the clown character I enjoyed. Spalding. I don't think he was a good actor, but I I enjoyed that character. He's like a freaky looking character. I did think uh, the guy with the long hair, the yeah. guy with the long hair. He's, he's good. He's a good actor. He's a really good actor. Yeah, yeah, he's good. <laughs> Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. Sherry Moon Zombie. Yeah, puts her in everything. Not a good actor. Puts her in everything. I mean, <laughs> you know, I I don't know why he puts her in everything because yeah. it's not like she's the, she's not Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, Brian, comedian Brian Posehn made a cameo. He yeah. got soon, soon after he was killed. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Trejo. Yep. I like him. He's cool. I wanted to, I wanted them to be likable. Danny Trejo and Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. They were a little bit likable. Yeah. But not really. Rob Zombie's biggest, okay, so I, I really find him interesting as a as a director i find him pretty terrible as a writer yeah like his writing's not good but his his style because he used to direct music videos his own music yeah, videos yeah. for his uh for his band and uh, he's got a he's got a very interesting aesthetic and uh it's it's even though that movie's grimy and terrible like content wise it still looks really pretty Do you know what i mean yeah. like it's got yeah. a certain look to it uh and yeah like i uh the reason I recommended it was because because you recommended Terrifier, A, uh, and I wanted to see if you thought that this, I don't know, schlock, I'll call it, was up to... Because to me, that's what Terrifier was, or, or smut, as I called it before. Yeah. Like, 
This, to me, this movie is total smut, but the reason why I think it works is because there is a little bit of artistry going in there with yeah. the whole, like, theme of, like, and it's been done to death, but I enjoyed that it, was in, it wasn't just smut for smut's sake. It was like, oh, or, like, violence for violence's sake. It was like, oh, who are we supposed to root for, the cop or them? Like, the, the cop that's trying to get ven- uh, uh, avenge his uh, family that they killed or... Are we supposed to root for the rejects? It it really right. like paints a super like it's like a huge yeah. gray area. And ultimately, I didn't root for any of them. Yeah. Like I really didn't root for any. Same. Actually, no, I rooted maybe the cop more or less because like he he felt more justified in what he was doing, like in his violence. But they then killed, I, they killed his brother. Yeah, but then it then it makes me go like, oh, why is that justified? That he's like there's a scene, spoilers, but there's a scene where they like he's like torturing the rejects. And I'm like Oh, yeah, but then it makes the movie made me go, oh, wait, but they were just doing that to... You just spoiled it, dude. I'm sorry, but I was like, oh, but they were just doing that to a bunch of people. Do you know I, what I mean? So it, I, makes, it yeah. makes the audience go like, oh, 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 oh got it, Rob Zombie. I wish, I wish the cop was a nice a nice guy, but he was a lot like the Rejects. Yeah. Like, fuck you, cocksucker, motherfucker. Yeah. That wasn't his voice, but he, he was just a complete asshole. Rob Zombie's <laughs> world, or at least his movie world, is everything shit and everyone's an asshole. Yeah, like like it's it's kind of hard to. I can't go on a Rob Zombie movie marathon. I want to fucking just take a shower. And they showed some uh, sexual. I'll wait till no one closes the door. Mm -hmm. uh, Sexual molestation scenes. I didn't enjoy seeing that. Well, no, of course not. But I mean, it's all just like (laughs) I didn't enjoy seeing people get violently murdered either. I didn't enjoy any of it. I'd prefer gore and murder over. Watching a woman hysterically crying as she's being groped and molested. Yeah. I don't, I don't no, like. I know. I mean, that, I mean, it, it makes you feel like really uncomfortable and like awful. But have you seen The Hills Have Eyes? I have, and that that to me is the same yeah. in the same uh, field as this one. Are you talking about the new one, the like 2006 one? I don't know. There's just one where one of the mutants just like I don't know rapes a a, a girl. Yeah. And it's very difficult to watch. Yeah. And I hated it. I hated yeah. that scene. It was like, fuck. What? Wait, why, why are, are they throwing this yeah. in here? Yeah. <laughs> why are you doing I think because they think, I think because the, the person making it might be just like, I don't know if gore is enough. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean and, like, it's and, shock and that's, value, I guess. I guess it must just be shock value. Um, I, I don't know, but all in it's all, all, fuck it. It was, it was terrible. If I was to sum up Devil's Rejects, I would say it is boring. Sure, I, I got, it's I repetitive got, after a while. I got bored. Yeah. Um, I think that's the closest thing, though, to a good movie that Rob Zombie has gotten. Really? Yeah, I think Man. that's the closest good movie he's ever made because of because of the... I think that the violence has... There's, a, there's somewhat of a point to it. There's somewhat of like a... It's not just there just to be there. Like all of his other movies, like Halloween... He did the remake for Halloween. He did the re, uh, he did House of a Thousand Corpses. Those are all just like violence fests, huh. and uh, it's just celebrating violence. Okay, and uh, and I know he he's a director who's just doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, I, no, I respect that. Oh, and he seems like an awesome dude. Like as a yeah, person, yeah. he seems like really chill and uh, really knowledgeable about movies and stuff. But I just like with his movies, I with this one, this that's the only reason I recommended it to you because I'm like, oh well, this is the his best. Okay, so. <laughs> I wanted uh, to see what you thought of his best. The last thing I s- I'll say about <clears throat> this before we move on to Moneyball. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there was a scene. I counted the F-bombs in one scene. 
Yeah. So where they're going to get ice cream. Yeah. And they're saying, tutti fucking fruity. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Such an odd scene. Uh, 20 F-bombs in one minute and 54 seconds. Damn. And that was a weird scene. I think they tried to show like the ju- juxtaposing ice cream with murder. With murder. Yeah. And I was like, I just didn't care about it. I, yeah, I just, it, 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 <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Humanizing the rejects yeah. doesn't work because they show you what they do to people. Yeah. And you can't, just because you're showing them being cute, cute <laughs> doesn't mean like I'm going to sympathize because we're talking about ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Like, darling, you want some ice cream? It's like, you can't, it's not, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't always work, but. I give Devil's Rejects three out of 10 dunes. Wow. It's pretty low. Terrifier is my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> so far. By the way, Terrifier is free on Netflix. Everybody, just know that the acting is terrible. Laugh at it with me. Yeah. And the clown, genuinely creepy. The clown's creepy. I'd give Devil's Rejects uh, 5.7 out of... I'd give it a 6 out of 10. Dogs? Yeah, 6 dogs out of 10. Okay. Yeah. I think it's just... It just crosses over that barrier of, like, not just being smut for smut's sake. All right. I assigned Brandon to watch Moneyball, starring Brad Pitt and mm-hmm. Jonah Hill. Right? Jonah yep. Hill? Did he Jonah Hill's in it. Who directed um, that? Brett Miller, I think his name is. Okay. Or Bennett Miller. I don't know. I, th- I All I know is that Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Okay. I saw the... He's he's written um, The Social Network. He's ah. written The West Wing. Uh, Steve Jobs. Not the one with Ashton Kutcher. The one with uh, Michael <laughs> Fassbender. The good one. Uh, and... Um, what other one? Anyways, he's he's a writer that I admire a lot. So I was like, oh, I was, I was pumped for it. And um, there's a term that we use on here a lot. What's the movie about? The movie's about, okay, so the movie's about um, a guy that's... Tra- Can you explain what the movie was about? Because I'm going to sure. butcher it. I, see, uh, <laughs> I seen it. I saw it pretty much when it came out. So maybe like six years ago? Yeah. Seven years ago? It is about baseball and a... Agent? Was Brad Pitt an agent? Baseball agent? He's a manager. He's a manager. General manager. Oh, yeah. Manager of the A's? Of the Oakland something? Oakland A's. Oakland Athletics. Yeah. And it's about um, using a different strategy to win baseball games. It's uh, using stats and numbers over commercial success. Like uh, the old industry of baseball would be like, oh, this guy is a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a great, smooth swing. I think the fans will love him. Yeah. And Brad Pitt was like, nah, we're going to hire Kevin Millar. He's ugly, He, but he's got a high percentage of hitting the ball to right field. Match that with somebody else. He's an ugly fucker, disgusting swing, bad mouth. Mm. P- mix him with Kevin Millar, they will win baseball games. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just... It's a movie about deviating from the path and succeeding. Yeah. And going against mainstream. So there's a term that we use on here a lot when we're talking about what we do. Like uh, if we start getting into specifics, we're like, ah, this is too inside baseball. <laughs> so this movie is all that. It's all that in, in in two ways. In Actually, literally, it's about inside baseball, but also like with that term of like, unless you understand... Baseball 
and you know it, you will be lost. Okay. <laughs> Fully and completely, you'll be lost. Have you seen I, Moneyball? I love it, yeah. Okay. You see, like, baseball? Yeah. Okay, okay. so that's the yeah, thing. I'm a baseball fan. I'm not a baseball fan. I know the basics. And so I was watching it, and the experience watching it was the same that I had watching The Big Short. Did you, did you see The Big Short? That no, was the movie with Steve Carell. Uh, it was uh, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling. It was about the oh, economic God. collapse of 2008. <laughs> it was about that. And, and they're, so what, they're, what they try to do in that movie is they try to kind of explain it in, in simplistic terms. And they literally have like celebrities. I forgot who the celebrities were that were explained. But they have like – they cut away to uh, – hi, my name is Cheryl Crow and I'm going to talk to you about like yeah. trickle-down economics or some shit. Oof. Like they try to explain it. And I would hate that movie. And it's almost – it's like comedic the way that they do it. But in this movie, they don't, they don't try to explain anything. They're just like you – you're a baseball fan watching this, so you will understand everything. And I did it, and I was I was grasping onto things. But what I gathered story wise was, it's about a guy that has a lot of regrets in his life, and uh, with like the path that he chose in his life, and uh, he's afraid of failure in his old age, and um, and so like he's almost trying, yeah, like he's trying to go against the the grain. Yeah, and uh, pull together a ragtag team of misfits yeah. that uh, will all win the big game. It felt like Bad News Bears, the Oscar version. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can yeah. see that. So like it, like it felt like one of those movies where it's like we're gonna get all these kids together and we're all gonna uh, win the big game and we're all right. gonna, but we're yeah. all misfits. Yeah. Um, the writing's great for what I understood. Uh, <laughs> this general like dial, everything's great, and the performances are great. Genuinely great. There's there's a there's a saying that you can tell good acting even if you turn the volume all the way down. If you put it on mute and you just look at the actor's faces, you can tell if he's giving in a solid performance, and you can tell the context of the scene. Mm-hmm. Like the uh, dialogue, withstanding, you can tell the like the emotional core of the scene, like what's happening between these two characters talking to each other. Yeah, and this movie is filled with that. And it's good that it was filled with good performances because I was able to follow the story that way. Like, oh, okay. Okay, so they're at an odds right now. Because there's like a scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman and fucking uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, I didn't didn't know. Uh, Chris Pratt's in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a baseball player. He's a baseball player. And I was like, wait, what? And uh, he gives a great performance. They all give great performances. But there's a scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman's talking to um, Brad Pitt. He's like, you're going to... he keeps talking about like logistical things. Like you can't, I, I forget the dialogue, but it's just yeah. like, you can't do this. You can't do that. And then he's like, Oh, so now it's my fault. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is like a conflict thing. Like where <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman is feeling betrayed by a decision that Brad's made business wise. And another movie that did that, that Aaron Sorkin also wrote was uh, social network, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's great. Basically to get into a Sorkin movie, you have to, because he writes always the behind the scenes of what's happening. So like social networks about social media and Facebook. He's going to show you the behind the scenes of that and all the drama that happened behind the scenes. Steve Jobs. It's about Steve Jobs, Apple, iPhones, iPods. Mm-hmm. He's going to show you the behind the scenes, what Steve Jobs was going through bef- before each press conference. Um, West Wing, behind the scenes in the government. It's going to show mm-hmm. you. All this, so you have, but you, so he's going to show you the behind the scenes, but it just depends on your interest level in what he, the behind the scenes is of. And for me, baseball, I'm not that interested in it. 
So right. I wasn't that engaged in it. I wasn't, gr- I wasn't like, whoa. Yeah. On a basic human level, I got it. Like my favorite scene was him in the, um, when he's like uh, going to his ex-wife's house to pick up his daughter uh, yeah. and the stepdad's there and the stepdad's like, uh, they gave her, he's like, oh, you gave her a cell phone? She's 12. And then he, they're like, oh, well, we felt like it was a good decision. And, but, but, but we can all talk about it. And he's like, no, me and, my, me and the mother will talk about it. Like me and her mother will talk about it. And like they're all in the – it's just like really tense and awkward and like, mm-hmm. it's like funny. And that was like one of my favorite scenes because I did – it wasn't about baseball. It's just about right, characters right. and it's about yeah. this guy. And um, so I wish I, – I, I feel like I should spend a year learning all the ins and outs of baseball – and then watch the movie again because <laughs> I, for the life of me, like the ending happened and I was just like, oh, this is probably powerful. I wish yeah. I understood more what was happening. It's cool. Drama wise. I, lo- I loved it. And it focused on an era. I think it was around 2004. That was an era where I was paying attention to baseball the most. Yeah. So just like every name that was dropped, I was like, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he does that though with Steve Jobs. Uh, Steve Jobs has all those references where I was obsessed with Steve Jobs, like uh, Apple at least. I was obsessed, yeah. obsessed with Apple, so they'd be, bring up like the Newton, and I was like, "Oh fuck, they're talking about the Newton." And then they would bring up like just like random like developer names that I knew of, and so, so like yeah, it's like it's it's so weird. It's like got the same structure as like the Social Network sort of, and the same great acting, great writing, great cinematography. Um, but it's just the, what their, t- what their yeah, the subject. The subject matter is not one that's interesting to me. That's fair. Uh, and, and I wish that they, I wish that they included more moments that were just character based. And it's almost like all the baseball stuff is a, just part of, of a grander story of this guy. Yeah. It's a, it's a movie for baseball nerds pretty much. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, maybe, maybe somebody who doesn't like baseball and who doesn't know anything about it can watch it and uh-huh. be like, and be like. This is great. I totally understood it, but I that wasn't me. It just wasn't me at all. Uh, how many dogs do you give it? I give it... <laughs> fuck. It's hard, because I know it's a good movie, because it has so so many great things in it. And it's almost just... I mean, it's, per, it's my personal opinion. I'd give it like 6.5 dogs. Okay. <laughs> but this is only because of my own ignorance of right, not right. knowing baseball. If I knew baseball, I'd probably give this like a, a 9. Yeah. Because of because I would know the subject matter and the packaging of it, yeah, all of it is perfect. But I but just because I don't understand what's happening, I right. as a casual moviegoer, yeah, that just watches a movie for its story, I would have to give it like six point five. Respect. I gave it nine out of ten. Dunes. Yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it in about whenever it came out. So, but I remember loving it. The other big part about the storyline that's that's relatable across demographics is yeah. that he had to find a way. Like you're talking about him losing his job and being successful. There are the A's are a small market team. This is more baseball shit. Yeah. They have no money to spend. Okay. So oh, the way right, right. the reason you lose in baseball is because the Yankees can buy the best players. That's mm-hmm. why the Yankees are the best team always. The A's are one of the worst teams in terms of money, uh, the ability to spend money. Yeah. So this is a guy that had to figure out a way to make a good roster with cheap players. Yeah. It's That's a- what makes it like, oh, this is an ingenious move by this guy yeah. to think outside the box and go against the grain and do something that, you know, it's to an play un- with him. It's an underdog story, like yeah, like most sure. good sports movies are, like underdog stories. Yeah. Um, I just wish that it deviated from 
very specific uh, inside baseball terminology. Right. But it can't because it's about that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it has no it has no option. Yeah. So it's cool. like so it, for me it's almost like designed to not to get a six point five. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like designed to. And I really wish, like, if you're a baseball fan, this is your fucking godfather. Yeah. It's like, great. really is. Like, I, yes. I, I, it's a I great movie. It. Um, I, the movie I want you to watch next, you've seen it, but years ago, The Naked Gun. You oh, told yeah. me you've seen it. Oh, yeah. I watched that a long time ago. Leslie Nielsen. It's a comedy. Oh, shitload of props. Okay. Prop comedy, physical comedy. I just rewatched pretty much half of it a, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Thought it was still funny, and I was amazed that. It seems like it'd be a very difficult and tedious movie to make. Mm. But we'll see if it holds up. Okay. I still thought it was funny, but it wasn't like, this is brilliant. Yeah. So The Naked Gun, everyone watching at home, if you want to watch what Brandon's watching, watch The Naked Gun starring Leslie Nielsen, rest in peace. Mm. Do you know what you want me to watch? I want you to watch... Um... Oh, also starring O.J. Simpson. You seen the first movie? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is when O.J. became like a movie star. Oh, boy. And he's funny in it. Oh boy! Have you ever it's seen this... Wrongfully Accused? No. Oh, it's a Leslie Nielsen movie from the nineties. Oh wait, I have seen that. So funny. Yeah, you ever seen? Um, you ever seen Repossessed? No. No. That's a parody of The Exorcist that he did, <laughs> and it stars Linda Blair, who played Reagan in the okay. original Exorcist. Um. Mm. Well, I'm trying to think of a movie that you haven't seen. Have you not seen The World's End? What's that about? It's with Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and it was directed by Edgar Wright. Oh, jeez. I haven't seen it. You haven't? It's about like a, a guy's going on a pub crawl. It was made in 2013. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. That's no, your one. It's a comedy. Not, not looking forward to it. It's a comedy. It's a British comedy. The World's End? It's called The World's End. Yeah. All right. All right. So Naked Gun, the original? The original, yeah. And The World's End for you. Yeah. Yeah. I like this segment, by the way. <laughs> I know you I, do. I like this segment a lot. <laughs> oh, I want to see the Joker. I'm planning on going yeah. to see it with uh, Matt Brown on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Because I'm a loser now and I see movies on Saturday nights. Yeah. I'll, I'd prefer to see it in the afternoon. Yeah, me too. That's I think because now it's all very spooky because they have fucking metal detectors in there and it's like like they're so afraid I'm seeing that somebody's going to do something. Yeah. Nolan, you want to go on Saturday with your uh, hot I wife? I might. Yeah. I might want to come. Can you bring your fuckable wife? Mm. Yeah. You got it, man. Oh, I'll come too. Then. I see no red flags <laughs> in that question. I'll come too then. <laughs> Cool. You know I see I mean. no. I see nothing weird about this invite, <laughs> and I'm totally excited. All right, I'll let you guys. We should review uh, the Joker. Yeah. As like a joint review, like as a full as its own blown. episode with John and Ken. Oh yeah, we should because that episode did well. We reviewed uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It did well. Yes. So uh, I just want to do whatever gets clicks. <laughs> did does anybody hit you up about Movie Club yet? Have they been like, no, nobody's been <laughs> like, oh, love this segment or this segment sucks. No, let's see how many downloads it has right now. No, you don't have to say. Ross Miller, Steve Marshallek, thanks for donating $25 a month. Yeah, Nick, thanks, guys. Nicholas Caprio, thanks for donating a, a, a $100 a month. My God. It's on Patre- patreon.com slash I'm sorry, Dad. Thanks, Matt Nicholas. Brown has just been hired by me to do our Patreon, but one thing at a time here, folks. One thing at a time. Our latest episode, uh, first episode of Movie Club in less than a week. Um, wait, should I say that? No, don't say oh. it. <laughs> Why are you saying it? I was like, don't say it. People are, are listening. <laughs> yeah, like, we have people, okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. Don't speak. Just kidding.